Welcome back to another episode of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast. It is race week in Azerbaijan. As always, I am your host, Ian. And I'm Marco. And Marco, we are back. We had a week off after the Monaco victory for Checo Perez. Lots happened since then. Lots to get excited for. How are we feeling? What's the status? Doing good. I think we are going from a, a race like Monaco where uh, the race itself is uh, a little boring to Baku, which is uh, kind of a, a driver's struggle with this one. This one is a, uh, a wild course and uh, a, lot of, a lot of issues that come up with it. So I am very excited to have this break going into a, a race like Baku. I saw on Twitter that this is the Formula One equivalent to the U.S. Open, where it's like you're kind of rooting for the course, you're kind of rooting for the chaos of Baku. And I completely agree, man. There have been some really good races that have come out of this. Last year, Max blew a tire uh, for for what would have been a sure lead. Uh, Lewis Hamilton locked up, and Checo took the win. There's just, I think, actually, believe it or not, of the four different races that we've had here, four different winners uh, have, have come out of it four different pole position sitters and four different fastest laps so i feel like this more than any other race is what i get the most excited for going into it where it's like i really have no idea lance stroll was on the podium not not too long ago uh, in baku so we'll, we'll see what this one has in store yeah could not agree more uh, i think that the porpoising on this track is going to be redonkulous honestly i feel like some of yeah. these straights are not uh necessarily uh straight as a clean road uh they have some bumps themselves so uh expect some some massive issues there yeah and it's not like monaco where it's like yeah it's also a street track but you know you're going relatively slow compared to other tracks like this is the longest straight that i mean we'll get into the our our grand preview but this is the longest straight that exists on the calendar and yeah that's going to be rough like getting up to those speeds with the porpoising and the street yeah i'm i'm not jealous of those guys who have to be shaking around like little rattlers not even a little bit yeah, so uh, like you said, we will kind of go through that grand, grand preview. But before we get to that, we have our recent headlines that we've uh, catching everyone up on for the past week and a half. And then grand preview of Baku and then our race predictions. So uh, I think we should just get right into it. Let's get into it. Lights out, baby. First up in the Formula One universe, let's talk about some celebrity talk. Brad Pitt got roped into a storyline with Formula One because there's an F1 movie coming out. It's going to be shown on Apple, and I am very excited for this. I feel like I'm excited while not having watched like uh, the other Formula One movies, but man, you know what a, what a better way to start with our man B. Pitt. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as someone who has seen most of those Formula One movies... I've enjoyed all of them. Like, I don't think for like racing movies, um, I'm one of the ones that will be like, "All right, this is something that I'm going to put on rotation for like for the rest the next couple of years." But though I always leave being like, "I'm glad I watched that." So uh, I'm expecting this one to be maybe the best out of them all. No pressure for old Brad Pitt, but if you got him in there, you can't really go wrong. And I'm pretty sure Apple paid, I think it was like 140 million for the rights of this. So they are they're bringing in some big old dough for that. That's so ridiculous that that's the case. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of the perfect storm uh, just with, like, you know, obviously Brad Pitt's a massive name. F1 is hugely growing in popularity, so there's going to be, like, a lot of interest toward this. And 140 mil, if that's the price tag, then, then so be it. Yeah, and I think uh, I saw something where Lewis Hamilton might have some um, some input into this movie as well. So, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe they do the movie. You know how it's usually, like, something – 
a guy does something, they make a movie about him. What if they yeah. make the movie and then Hamilton copies that movie? Because I'm oh. pretty sure the premise of the movie is like a superstar legend takes some time off and comes back into the sport trying to be competitive again. What if Lewis says, that looks pretty sick. I'm going to retire for a couple of years. I'm going to come back and try to compete. This is all little just reversal. Direct. Yeah, this is all just directed by Toto Wolf as an insurance <laughs> policy in case Lewis retires early. He's like, yeah, I came up with uh, the plot of the movie. <laughs> the plot. <laughs> the movie. Exactly what we want. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm excited. This is something that I'm sure is going to like, this is going to be one of those things where in 18 months we completely forget about it. And there's going to be another announcement. Where we're like, oh, fuck, yeah, that's coming out soon. Or, you know, that's Huge. like in production. Or, oh, that's been uh, pushed back to 2026. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's going to way, way past the end of the world. We're going 20, 2031 is when this movie's coming out. Yeah, right. Uh, all right, awesome. Uh, next up, we have rumors, and so I've been seeing a little bit about this uh, with Haas deciding whether they want to keep Mick on for next year or not. Uh, I've been talking to some people, and I've had a handful of people on the train of Mick is not a great driver. Uh, I I was a little hesitant to go that far to say that, but um, I mean, shit, he he racks up a, a pricey penny if you uh, if you want to drive with him, and you know. He has definitely been the second best driver of two in the Haas car. Yeah, I still think, you know, being the eighth round, this is the first year, realistically, where he's had a genuine car that can compete and, like, even race alongside other cars. So, uh, to me, this is, in my eyes, this is his rookie season this year. Um, so I feel like it's a little too early, like seven races in to, to, you know, be talking about that. But yeah, man, like K mag just showing him up doesn't do a lot of good for him in terms of being able to like justify his seat there. And you don't, you obviously don't want to just have a, a seat in F1 because of your last name. Unlike some people that I know of talking about Lance Stroll. Ah, there it is. Okay. <laughs> You're looking at me, and I was like, "What the fuck am I doing?" No, <laughs> I don't even race. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, as average, above average as he's been doing, I mean, I think none of the s second year guys have been doing that great. I think Yuki is probably. I think there's only two of them now, right? Because. Uh, ones with the uh the rally car killing it over there and then it's just killing those two it. so <laughs> so yeah i don't think any of them are, <laughs> he can't be doing any worse than he was in f1 right <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah i mean i mean it's just the uh, the hole that he's been putting haas into like um i think you know i'll just bring this up now but uh williams i believe is the first team to already go over the cap uh have has been fined 25k for doing so i'm not uh, you know, this is not like um, for sure this has actually happened. This is what I've read on a semi-relative, um, like reliable resource. So maybe not. But I mean, I feel like Haas is probably right behind him with million. Like I think he was just Mick alone, three million dollars worth of damages to his cars because he's keep cutting them in half. And I think, yeah, dude, that's the the thing is tough. It's hard to not spend money when you saw your cars in half twice in seven races. So yeah, right. You know when that's that's uh, tough. But yeah, man. And also, I think K Mag was on the bottom of that of that list as far yeah, as like, like damage goes. Twenty K or something. Yeah, <laughs> like basically, like a rock came up and hit, and they had to like yeah. they buff it out. <laughs> it like yeah, bucks. that's it. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
Yeah, dude, Williams going over the cost cap, if that is true, I know you said you have the most reliable sources in uh, in the game, but if the, your sources are correct, where did that come from? That, that did, was a shock, yeah. Yeah, I know right now Red Bull, Mercedes, and Ferrari are all asking the cap to come uh, to like to be expanded because of like inflation and yada yada. We spent too much money again. Sorry, please like you know please don't punish us for this kind of deal. Um, but yeah, Williams, like what? Why are you even spending that what much are they money? Spending, to begin yeah, with? what are they spending it on? What and, are they spending it on? Yeah, if I'm the, uh, I can't remember the name of the private equity company that bought Williams, but I'm like, hey, what do we have to show for this? Like, can we at least not be last place if we're going to spend the most out of everybody? Yeah, and it hasn't been, like, you're not seeing Latifi or Albon making massive crashes where it's like, oh, I see where that, like, it, when you see a Haas, and if Haas was the first team, it'd be like, makes sense. They've had, like, the crazy, the two biggest crashes of the season so far. So, yeah, it makes sense that they have to spend, I don't remember Williams having too many of those issues. Like, they've had a little bit of performance issues, but, I mean, for most of the teams, they've run into the same thing. So, yeah, I mean, I am... Yeah, if I'm the the finance guy over at Williams, I'm circling and have a lot of questions for for the crew. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, moving on. Let's talk about Netflix and TV rights here. So, uh, Netflix may be taking uh, F1 US's TV rights. ESPN's deal is over at the end of the season. I think this is this is like interesting to me because does Netflix have any like live sporting events right now, or would F1 be the first one? I think this would be the first, yeah. And I get that there's been other influences, other channels of, like, new fans coming in. But realistically, if anybody has a claim to, like, stream F1 in the United States, it's Netflix. Because the Drive to Survive mm. has gotten so many people. It's taking so, like, just taking so many fans by storm where it's like, okay, it's almost like they should have a little sweetheart deal, like a, a sweetener. Yeah, a little for, discount. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, be like, hey, we, we saw what you did for us. Here's a, you know, a little payback. Because also, isn't Netflix stock? down like 30 percent too they might need a little f1 bump a little porpoise this timing of this their tv rights still ending it's they are selling at a high like if this happened four years ago they'd be like fuck i guess we'll stay with espn same deal kind of thing i think they're gonna have a little bit of a bidding war so uh i mean with especially for the u.s deals like everyone is starting to look in you have u.s companies starting to really invest a lot more into formula one so, uh, yeah, I think that the, the timing cannot be better for, for F1. And unfortunate for Netflix, uh, I think, you know, unless they're getting that discount, like you mentioned, someone's going to have to fork up a, a pretty penny for it. Put me as a fly in, like, on the wall in that room where they're like, hey, guys, we really, really upped your popularity. You, got, you guys mind doing us a solid and, you know, not making us pay a trillion dollars for this streaming rights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, honestly, like, I think there's so much that could be improved of the broadcast and oh yeah, and like how everything's set up a little bit more time pre and post race that uh, a company could come in and really like bring in so much more than what ESPN is currently providing. For sure, there's so much. There's obviously you see like the pre-race stuff, you see the Brundle track, uh, track walk like beforehand, 
But I love that F1 post show that either Buxton or one of his minions do, mm-hmm. like right afterward, just talking and they interview drivers and they talk about what went right, what went wrong. It's like if you could have that all in one, like, same viewing yeah. experience rather than having it like, okay, I'm watching it on TV, now I'm going to switch to YouTube for the after show. Like, I feel like that would be a hit. The only problem is with these, like, ABC uh, like ESPNs that you do have to eventually show an ad. You can't show a four and a half right. hour coverage of a race without showing a single advertisement. I feel like Netflix can't like Netflix is yeah. kind of uniquely positioned to be the only people to be able to do that. So yeah, I think this is a perfect marriage, but, uh, but yeah, I guess, you know, we'll see. I don't know when that needs to be decided. I, I can't imagine that's going to be in like, you know, the, the coming weeks, but yeah, hopefully that does get decided. And like I said, I'm, I'm on team Netflix and F1. Same. Yeah, dude, this is silly season for TV rights. Not even it is. for drivers. Let's yeah, go. <laughs> we, we, need a, we need more meta in Drive to Survive where we have a documentary about silly season TV rights <laughs> and following <laughs> them around. Yeah. Will Buck's in. He's like, if you're not willing to pay a big chunk of change, you're not going to get the TV rights for this deal. <laughs> Whoever wins the rights will be able to show the race. <laughs> the choice is theirs. <laughs> All right, uh, moving along, we have, uh, so we've been talking a lot about porpoising. I think that's been kind of the the hit of uh, the 2022 season. And uh, talking a little bit more about it, apparently K-Mag coming in uh, pretty last minute of the season has suffered some nerve damage in his arm and jaw due to all the porpoising of these new cars. So and I think we were guessing CTE, concussion, brain stuff. Uh, didn't really kind of see the nerve issues um, throughout the body that uh, apparently might be causing some troubles for for at least one driver. I'm sure plenty of others, especially since I don't think we've seen Haas like ex- like extraordinarily worse than the other cars. We've seen you know the Mercedes and a couple other uh, teams that have really struggled. So I mean, this is I would say that if it's actual nerve damage, this would be a big red flag for if you're a driver, if you're any team. Yeah, especially Haas. Like, I didn't, I mean, again, maybe it's just covered differently or, like, talked about less, but I didn't see a Haas guy having issues with this. And further, if this is happening to a Haas, then what the fuck is going to happen in, you know, no time to these Mercedes drivers who look like they're on a trampoline going down the straight? Like, that has to be, you know, like... I don't know. It, it, it blew my mind to see like that he was com- uh, not complaining, but like he was having issues with that openly. I was like, okay, well, then we have much bigger problems, I think. But yeah, I don't know, dude. What if it's just like, do you remember when, or do you remember hearing about like, uh, like back in the 70s or 80s, people used to use lead paint all the time because it was like more, you could like get more out of it. And then they were like, oh, by the way, lead is just absolutely murdering these kids and just killing yep. IQ and all that. What if like in a couple years down the road, it's just like a facility of all the, oh, yeah. Yeah, like he was a he was a 2022 f1 driver like that's why Poor his guy. brain Poor yeah guy. He, he thinks he's a chicken right now and <laughs> <laughs> everyone's down the chute yeah dude everyone's brains just absolutely roasted for being just shook. jello jello up there exactly god yeah um eh, i think last p- little piece we have here that we want to cover is our boy ted ted kravitz is not going to be in baku I'm interested in this because, okay, in like the Twitter toxic atmosphere that that social media app is, everyone's going to be able to complain about everything and not, you know, you don't have to back up anything. You can just throw out a complaint and throw it into the ether. People have complained about uh, Martin Brundle and Ted Kravitz when where it's like, okay, 
what are the alternatives though? Like until I see alternatives, these guys are my two, like everything. And so this is going to be a good weekend to see, okay, without Ted, like what is the gap, if any? And I want to know who they're going to replace. Remember when they had Danica Patrick on? What if she just taps in for, uh, taps in for old Teddy? Why not? Yeah. I mean, let's get some guest appearances or something. I mean, I have no idea what uh, is going to happen with Ted not being there, what, what the plan is, but uh, I hope it's something big. I hope they're like kind of testing the waters a little bit of saying like, hey, these guys are kind of getting up there. Uh, maybe in a couple of weeks we have instead of my, like Martin Brundle down on the, uh, the paddock walk where we're doing someone else, you know, uh, we have like Mike Tyson or I mean, someone fun to go out there and I don't know, maybe like turn down the, the cringe meter a little bit. Yeah, maybe so. Okay, so we need someone fun. Obviously, someone popular if we're going to get eyeballs. Maybe Johnny Depp, you think, now that he's you know, uh, been in the news? I'm sure. I mean, people are willing to give him a chance now, uh, rightfully so. So, And he has not had a, a job in a while, so I'm sure he could, uh, yeah. could, to, he could uh, afford to get something, yeah. He wakes up this weekend. He's like, yay, a task. I get to talk. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's on TaskRabbit. Yeah. <laughs> <In> anything. <laughs> All right. That does it for our recent headlines. Uh, moving on to our grand preview of the Baku course. Ian, would you like to, uh, to fill the listeners in? Yeah, let's get right to it here. So the Azerbaijan Grand Prix is held on the Baku City Circuit, the capital of Azerbaijan, which, by the way, I don't know how to say that correctly because I heard somebody say it and I'm like, oh, that might be it. But Azerbaijan, maybe, I think is how I, I think heard. you were right the first time. Okay, well, we're going to say Azerbaijan because that's the English way to say it. Uh, we go around this track, this city track, 51 times. Uh, it's about six kilometers uh, around. 2017 was the first time we raced here, so this is one of the newer tracks that we've seen. Um, technically, we've you know this will be the fifth time that we come here. We did not race in 2020, um, so 17, 18, 19, and 21 were the races we ha- we've had. We mentioned it earlier in the episode, but a cool part about this track, outside of it having the longest straight on the F1 calendar, is that different people win here. So we've had Valtteri win, we've had Danny Ricardo win. Um, Max Verstappen was going to win last time, but it ended up being Sergio, and obviously Lewis uh, has won because Lewis has won basically everywhere you can race in the in not the United States in the world. Um, other cool stuff about this circuit, like a lot of overtake opportunities. It's not just that one long straight. Uh, like so, circuit or sorry, sector one and three are the fast straights. Sector two is kind of the slow straight that goes through uh, goes through the Baku city. There's like a really cool castle that I think is from like the year 1200 or something. That's kind of sick. Um, and, and yeah, definitely some. We've seen a lot. Of, we've seen our fair share of of flags here, both in qualifying and in like during the race. Charles Leclerc had the, fa- the his famous like when he uh, like there's a really tricky turn that's super tight. If you don't have a lot of downforce, it's really tough to get around. Ferrari uh, with Charles Leclerc was racing on like a kind of a higher uh, or less downforce car setup, and that's when he had the famous like Charles Leclerc was like I am stupid, I am stupid. Like once he ran, bend it right into the wall. 
The other thing I have about this is that it is, so it is the second longest track behind Spa. So it, it's a fastest street circuit in the world, uh, second longest track, and it's a, it's a fast one. So this is going to be, I think we're going to see a much bigger difference between like uh, the time of first place and the race time of like, you know, the, the kind of, uh, the, the top of the field and the midfield are going to have a lot more of a differential in their time just because like, yeah, you, you really get to open it up. Let's see, what else can we talk about here? Uh, the weather, not going to get in the way this weekend as far as, you know, as far as we know now. I think it's going to be, you know, warm but a little cloudy on practice days. And then qualifying and race day will both be, you know, no rain, mid-80s and sunny. So, uh, yeah, I, I kind of thank God about that because I think this track is tricky enough and there's already enough, like, variables that can go wrong to begin with that we don't need extra things shaking it up. Um, and so, yeah, I, overall... This is like one of the tracks to get really excited about. It's definitely delivered. Um, there have you know, different winners, different pole sitters, different fastest lap winners. Uh, and yeah, Sergio won last time. So, you know, it, Max could win this time around and it could still be five for five in terms of like different winners for, uh, for each race that we've had here. So yeah, man, I'm just overall very excited about this. Anything you wanted to add on there? No, I mean, like we said, the difference between Monaco, the slowest track on the grid, to the fastest street track on the grid here. So, yeah, we're going to see uh, some very different racing between this week and last week. Yeah, way more overtakes. I think closer to Miami numbers. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, we'll see. This is this is a great this is a great track, man. Anytime you can go on a track and see cool shit like a castle, like, sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Where else are we cool, seeing a castle? Sweet castle. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, we saw we went from a brand new NFL stadium to now we're way like, you know, when old Jesus was walking around. <laughs> what did he did he race? I can't remember if he raced any cards. Or yeah, no, yeah, he had like the the first Formula One. Oh, it's nice. like well, he was the only uh, driver, and the car was like this big um, cross on his back. Oh, he had to just walk it. Oh walk. wow. He, yeah. th- I bet he was quick, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he tried his best. <laughs> Didn't make it to the finish line. <laughs> oh, my God. i going to cut that one. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll do it for our Grand Prix view of the Azerbaijan Grand Prix in Baku. Uh, very excited for this one and very excited to predict perfectly how this race is going to go down in our next sector, which is race predictions. And before we get to race predictions, we do have an ad coming up. This part of the podcast is brought to you by the Bank of Saudi Arabia. For years, F1 has been taking some heat for racing in countries whose morals are less than stellar, I would say. Uh, People say, we'll say, they're taking it for the money or they don't care about the thousands of people these countries kills for not following their beliefs well don't look now because formula one isn't the only sport who's hopping off the let's keep our hands clean soapbox top golfers from around the world are joining the cause of securing the motherfucking bag rather than securing restless sleep knowing the decision they made as some of these athletes say that they just hit a golf ball in the hole or they just drive a car lap after lap that this isn't their job to be caring about these issues it shouldn't be up to them to do the right thing in the world if f1 drivers golfers and f1 podcasters are are willing to give up on morality 
why can't you? If you join the Bank of Saudi Arabia anytime in the month of June, we'll give you the bank account of a random person we've beheaded. They could have $4,000 in their bank account. They could have $4 million. That is the excitement that we bring to you. So call 1-800-MONEY-PLEASE and tell them the Eat and Asphalt podcast sent you. How much would it take you to be a Saudi Arabia-sponsored podcast? Um, uh, anyone from Saudi Arabia listening, not that much. Not even. I would say low four figures would get it done for me. If all I got to say is sponsored by Saudi Arabia, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. Yes, look at my bank account, suckers. (laughs) (laughs) We are being, we are being, I mean, they're they're our sponsor, so. Right, yeah, no. Uh, Yeah, I I mean like for the gold sponsor package where they actually pay us money. Uh, anyway, going in, <laughs> going into our race predictions here. Let's get it started. As it stands right now, Marco and I are tied at nine points. Um, I'm going to guess first this time, and I'm going to kick us off with who do we think will crash or DNF? Um, I think don't know we didn't cover this in the uh, news headlines because it's very much a rumor right now but nick devries is being looked at for that williams spot i think that is enough to get into the head of nicholas latifi who already isn't a great driver himself and especially with a tricky course like this put me down for a a nick latifi dnf all right um i think that is a great choice i am gonna go with someone that we've also been talking about having a tough tough 22 i'm gonna go with danny rick as not finishing this race. That would suck. I would be very bummed out if he doesn't do well here. <laughs> I would be stunned if he did do well. <laughs> I guess that's fair too. <laughs> All right. Uh, my winner is going to be uh, Max because I think Red Bull is um, superior in the straights compared to Ferrari. There are two uh, sectors, one and three, are uh, more of a straight and so I think, you know, if they're going to beat them two out of three sectors, they're going to win the race. And so is Max. Fair enough. I'm going to go with uh, Charles. Haven't guessed him in three or four weeks. Um, yeah, I'm just going to let it rip here. I think he, he's, he's been calling either P1 or P2 for every race this season. So, uh, yeah, all it takes is putting yourself in a good position and then having the, uh, the race space, which I think they do, put me down for a Charles Leclerc winner. Our last place on the other side of that, give me a Lance Stroll. I saw a picture of him uh, recently, and I just didn't like the way he looked, so he's going in last place. All right. um, I'm going to just kind of piggyback off your reason of Crash or DNF with Latifi, uh, just not cutting it uh, at all. Have no upgrades to do, apparently, for this Williams team. Yeah. Uh, And so, I mean, they're not going to get any quicker for the rest of the year. (laughs) <laughs> that's such a kick in the gut <laughs> you know how we're like where we are right now well that's like that's all we're gonna be yeah do you are, are we happy with performance right now no okay because it's as good as it's gonna get by far <laughs> like it's, it's only gonna go downhill from here yeah all right uh my driver of the day is gonna be fernando alonso i Ooh. know alpine is decent on the straights uh, he, in my opinion, was the douche of the day in Monaco. So I think he's gonna flip it on, uh, flip it over on people, and uh, show him that he's a lovable guy. So driver of the day for Fernando Alonso. 
Alright, uh, speaking of lovable guys, my driver of the day is going to be Lando Norris. I don't really have a reason here. Uh, I think he gets some relative, some uh, some extra praise relative to his teammate who isn't that great. But yeah, Lando Norris, driver of the day, and our douche of the day, sponsored by Summer's Eve. <laughs> Give me Joe Guan. <laughs> Are we good? Well, that, was, uh, that was just the douche sound ending. Uh, okay. Give me Joe Guan Yu, douche of the day here. Uh, I think he got a little too big for his britches in Monaco, trying to pull that overtake. He obviously made that awesome save, but uh, yeah, I think he's just going to go for something that isn't there, uh, like he kind of did with Monaco. Give me Joe Guan Yu for douche of the day. All right, um, I am going to stick with this Alpine train as dish of the day. I'm going to go with uh, Esteban Oka. So I feel like maybe he's a little ticked off at Fernando for kind of the stunty pull, putting him out of the points. So I see him um, getting a little douchey himself. Love it. Uh, wild card prediction. I am going to go with, uh, I don't know if you saw the Alfa Romeo's new livery, but... Um, chef's kiss uh, shout out to my Italian people that is gorgeous uh, so I'm going to go with Valtteri Bottas a P4 or, or above so P4 or podium I like that a lot I yeah. actually I, I like that a lot damn he's due okay. he's due alright um, I am going to say that Baku gets a little hectic and uh, obviously with you know we don't have to worry about weather or anything like that but with the trickiness of the course, new regulations, I'm going to say exactly six cars retire from this race in Azerbaijan. Dude, you have a hankering for the exactly DNS, and I love it. <laughs> Dude, it makes it so much better if you like get close to where you come can on, sniff it a little bit. On. Yeah. Like, you okay, here guy, we go. Just need two more. Slowing off to the side. You're like, this is it, this is it. And he's like, oh, power's back on. You're like, fuck. <laughs> turn it back off <laughs> alright awesome I love it 6 wow that would be crazy yeah I'm next for fastest lap put me down for Sergio Perez here's why here's what's going to happen and I know this directly contradicts my uh, winner of Charles Leclerc but Red Bull are going to be 1-2 um, they're going to be going alongside each other Sergio is going to be ahead Max is going to be behind him Sergio's going to get some team orders, uh, and then as a yep, as a consolation, he's going to be like, oh, well, we just wanted to get you fastest lap. So that's going to be uh, a Sergio Perez fastest lap in a remarkably specific scenario that I've made up in my head. Yeah, it's like, oh, I, I, we, we thought you wanted fastest lap, but you, isn't that what you wanted? Yeah. Rather than P1? And you went fastest <laughs> lap, huh, buddy? You get an extra point. What do you mean you're mad? Hey, come on now. Uh, so my fastest lap is actually going to uh, – I'm hedging my bet, and I'm going to go with uh, Charles with fastest lap. Okay. Love that. All right. And then my poll is going to be uh, Max because I think he's going to win. So you know how a couple weeks ago you said you went kind of all in for Max? I'm doing two. Two big ones. So hopefully uh, hopefully this Red Bull does not uh, – or does live up to the hype on these uh, these fast sectors. 
Well, I know exactly what you mean by saying that your winner is going to be on pole position because I am going to go with Charles Leclerc for my pole position. Guys, either gone P1 or P2 the whole uh, whole season in qualifying. So, yeah, give me Charles for pole position. One of us ought to get this right. If we both have – if one of us has Max and one of us has Charles, you should think that we get a point here, uh, which I don't think I've gotten a point in like two or three weeks so or two or three races. So <laughs> would really it. appreciate – yeah. mail it. You would appreciate some kind of love here. But, uh, yeah, that'll do it for our race predictions. Um, I'm not going to lie, man. I think Monaco, I was cautiously optimistic. Like, I was like, okay, like, this this, this could be cool. I feel like Baku is going to be cool. Uh, it just delivered so well last year that whenever I hear it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a sick race. Max went out. Lewis had his brake trouble. Sergio took the win, like, his second win ever. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going in. If this race lets me down, it will be probably the biggest letdown of the season so far because of how high my expectations and excitement are. Yeah, I was looking at that restart uh, from last year, and I still remember watching that race. And I had jumped up in my seat, seeing Lewis come off, Sergio kind of push up against them, like a little bit of a little battle and button heads going down to that first turn. And then you just see Lewis's brake locks up and he goes straight. And you're like, oh my God, like who would have thought? And this was when Mercedes was really needing some wins uh, before their major comeback to Red Bull. So yeah, that was, that was, yeah, definitely up there for one of my favorite races. So very high expectations, which usually means... We're going to be pretty sad. As, <laughs> as, I've been say- as soon as I was saying that, I was like, man, I'm just literally leaving myself so vulnerable to be so disappointed. We're going to start recording the podcast after the race, and I'm going to be like, okay, well, that fucking sucked. And sorry. Sorry for getting my hopes and all of our hundreds of thousands of listeners' hopes up. Exactly, yeah. Millions, I think, now. Well, we're getting there. We're close. Yeah. After this uh, Saudi Arabia, Benga Saudi Arabia, Add and deal with them. I think we're, these numbies are going to jump. <laughs> we need numb. We need to uh, hashtag Saudi Arabia in this, uh, like in this episode for like the the podcast tags. Definitely need to get that up. We need some, yeah, some outside eyes being like, well, I think they, well, let's look into that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, All right, I think that'll do it for this episode of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast. As always, we super appreciate everybody for listening. Happy race week, and we will talk to you on the other side of the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. See you, assholes. See you, assholes.